Hey, Connor. Hey. Uh, we're doing this thing again. It's yeah, we're doing it. It's it's been. We've had some bumps in the road getting to this episode. And it all has to do with uh, work. Yeah, yeah. With the wage slavery that we are caught within. It's true. I If, um, if we had our way, and I don't want to speak for you, but it feels like if we had our way, I don't think we'd go to work. I think we'd read Dune all day. You know what, Connor? I I'm kind of you know all about that rise and grind lifestyle. You know, I work hard to make my money. You know, make my my money. Yeah. Sitting around reading Dune all day, I w- I wouldn't feel right making it's money. True. You know, I want to you know want to make some. CEOs even richer, right? And then and, you know, if you, whatever if you little, whatever uh, they deem the me, whatever they deem me worthy of receiving in return, you know, I I'm I am more I'm more than happy, you know. Yeah. Whatever yeah. they they think that I am worth as a human being, right? For my labor, you know who who am I to 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 take uh you know, take umbrage with that. Like the Harry Potter character? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes. The defense against the dark arts, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to... Dolores. Right, you don't want to be associated with... uh... What I got out of that is you don't want to be associated with that Harry Potter character. I would never take her to work with me. No. If it was take your your umbrage to work day, I wouldn't take her. No. Nope, would not be crossing that umbrage, would you? No. I mean that's like, that's that's an umbrage like, that I would um, that's an umbrage like, that I would burn. Um, <laughs> no bridge. I would I would I would burn that umbrage to be honest with you. There we go. There we go. Let's nuke that umbrage. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been, it has been rough. We've been wanting to discuss this section of Dune and, uh, we just have not been able to align our schedules until now. And, um, yeah, it's been I know very, it's been bad, right. For you particularly, you've been working a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I worked um, over a hundred hours in the last two weeks. That is fucked up. And it is fucked up that people would brag about that, you know? Like, wake up and just tweet in all caps, like, let's get this bread, you know? Yeah. Bread's not that good. It's not worth that. Well, I mean, bread's incredible, I Mm. think. But, you know, you and I, we... uh, We each have our own... It's it's like to to each their own diet... But I don't know about to each their own rise and grind lifestyle. You know, it's like some people just got to wake up and smell the spice coffee, you know? Yeah, for real. 
I think we I don't should. Know, dude. I don't know. I think we should really transform Earth into into Rackus. I think it's. I mean, in in a series so uh, steeped in in prophecy and um, you know seeing visions of the future, feels like the more we continue down our own present day umbrage of history, the more I'm convinced that that is where we're going. You know, I think, you know, maybe Herbert himself uh, really did see so far in the future to predict uh, these things. You know, it's quite who's possible. to say, who's to say that our, our over-reliance on technology and the, and the, trajectory in which we use uh, computers won't lead us to destroy them wholesale might be the way to go I do see something like the Butlerian Jihad in our future do you think you can stop the Jihad Connor? I can't stop it no <laughs> um, yeah it's weird though because I feel like that's an idea that um, really somebody would think of like more so these days than in the 60s, you know, just with how, how prevalent technology is now compared to back then. It's uh, a that, that, that's 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 some some really good future sight there. Yeah. 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 Especially with computers specifically. I mean, like, you know, uh stories about androids and machines being like made into the likeness of man you know uh existed and were famous at that time too um but yeah but even just the idea of like computers themselves like kind of being like a dark sorcery like that that the ixians use for themselves um is is a, a pretty fascinating concept to come up with at the tail end of the 60s, for sure. Yeah, 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 I like, mean... The, the biggest use of computers at that time, I feel like, would have been, like, going to the moon. Oh, yeah, right. And then I don't know what else, like... I mean, no I mean, personal I mean, use, right? Essentially. I, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, know. it's definitely... Obviously, it's an idea that, like, people were, like familiar with and like you know oh yeah i mean they're very aware of computers there, but yeah there, our idea of computers i feel like there was two things now. two things going on you know one being the utopian oh everyone will have you know uh you know uh self-driving cars or whatever i i don't know uh uh you know a uh a robot the butler or something you know like yeah. and then there's also the 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 palpio they're going to turn on us and kill us kind of thing yeah yeah but um but nothing that's i i guess as 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 thought out as a like oh an over reliance on these things is our undoing which which is very wise i feel like it's a very wise thought to have um back then yeah, it feels it feels very much more, you know, 
possible now. So, yeah, I yeah, it does feel like a very current idea, especially I mean, like so much sci-fi that comes out now is dystopian, you know, with that idea in mind. And you know, Dune isn't that. I don't. They don't live in a dystopia, but no. um. It's like there, there kind of was like a dystopia in their past that they have have moved beyond and, and still like looms large in their universe. It is interesting that largely the dystopian periods of Dune are not, or of, of the universe are not showcased, you know? I mean, we, even with, with this last time jump, we, we, we moved through the famine times, you know? Yeah. Jump right over it. It, it, it. it seems like something Herbert's not really that interested in uh, portraying. It's true. Yeah. It's more about like the consequences of it rather than yeah the process of it. Right? Yeah. It's like yeah. in some ways Herbert, you know, it, it feels like he might think it, it would be easy to, to write um, maybe like a very torturous gritty you know, kind of look at that. And I'm, mm. I'm sure with his, with the themes that he plays with, that he'd be able to make a very interesting book out of that. But yeah, like you're saying, it just doesn't interest him. It's more about like what happens afterwards rather than like, man, doesn't this suck? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, it's, I, I think that just goes to show like the difference between the story most writers would want to tell in that universe compared to the story he wants to tell. <clears throat> Yeah. Very different things. And I think, too, it's something that, you know, you and I, I'd say, appreciate a lot, too. I, I think it kind of speaks to this idea that, that even when um, Frank Herbert is dealing with, like, these very heavy or destructive or oppressive or violent topics, that, like, he, he still always has like one eye on this kernel of hope you know it's like even through the family yeah. times he's like well i don't need to write about that because that's like you know th those things happen and it's very real and 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 the pain is like always going to be a part of the dune universe yeah. too but he he's he's always very invested in having some small uh you know possibility of something better uh, no matter how bad things are, that that there's a way to like persevere. Absolutely, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, human resilience is a huge part of uh of of this saga, which I I like. I like it like that. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. You want to sing? Want to sing a song? Yeah, I think, I think it's time to sing. All right, you're Apparently gonna. I'm ready this to this sing. is gonna so work we'll perfectly. All right, let's All do right. it. All right, are you gonna play uh, the karaoke? Yes. Yeah, we're just going. For, okay. Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. You're gonna be able to hear this. Ready? I'm ready. Know there's scattered people coming back from outer space. 
Reminds me of the golden path He was fled from Leto's wrath Has everyone forgotten Their purpose in this life Duncan's memories have been erased Reverend Mother's repeat mistakes Well, learn from the past and present Heretics of Dune Story to talent we are reading They see the past and present and the future too Get back to Rackus Heretics of Dune Hell yeah, Sick. we did it You were so prepared I was ready, I was ready must have been that extra hour I gave you. Uh, yeah, I think for me to. I think to, that was it. Let's not. That might, yeah. that might be the secret. No, I mean oh. now that I have the setup, uh, it's set. It's set, and I saved it. It's now a preset. So. Uh, wow. You know we're we're good to go. For the next. Yeah, Duncan. Uh, well, we, Duncan we, from Idaho is really pulling his weight lately. He is. We we've got like what two more episodes of Heretics of Dune. Two or three. Uh, Three. Yeah. Or, and don't get mad at me, or four. There's no fucking way it's four. It's possible. There is no fucking way. It is possible. I do. I would be so, I would be shocked. Look at my copy. I would be shocked. Look at my copy. Look at this. Oh. Do I have like a giant? You might have a jump, maybe you have a jumbo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I got the jumbo copy of I got the jumbo copy, yeah huh. I mean, this I feel like it, it looks a little misleading the way it, it looks more like it's halfway It's not I'm, uh, But but to me It looks like we've been reading In about like 60 page increments or so I don't know I feel like maybe Maybe you do have an afterword or something me? It doesn't say that I do, but uh, I don't look, know. It, it this does look is not four. This is not four episodes. Well, right? I mean, right? I mean, looking at your copy, it doesn't look like it. But looking at mine, it it looks like it. So I don't know what to say about that. I'd say we will uh, we will cross that umbridge when we get to it. Maybe I skipped a few chapters. Who knows? Don't say that. <laughs> we'll find out, obviously. You're gonna You're you're gonna rile me up and it's Speaking of umbridges. Be... Yeah. That that uh, that umbridge where the tyrant fell to his death. Ooh, yeah. We have a, we have a lot of a, umbridges to plays discuss. Plays a part. Yeah. If I was yes, reading the right chapters, that is. Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's will. It's been yeah for for me too. It's been like two weeks, and I read all I, I read all five in one in one fell swoop. I I I I had some rare downtime at work. Mm. I I got through it all in one night. Nice. It's been one week since I finished reading Dune. Yeah. I was gonna make that joke earlier, but I just I decided not to. Oh, okay. So you just uh you left that it's one fine for that me you, to pick up and yeah. now, now I look dumb. It's now fine I that you did, but I, I decided against it. I now that I said it out loud, I kind of I feel like you had the right of it, but like could we both pass it up, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, Apparently someone had not. to take, somebody had to pick it up off the ground. If it wasn't us, it would have been on the new episode of Dune Buddies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, Dune Twitter is a weird it, yeah. place. I, I try not to look at it too much because I'm still a little concerned about spoilers. I uh, feel no, no like one's gonna I, spoil you. Like nobody. Or barely anyone else has, has even read past fucking Children of Dune, so. It's true. I Yeah, there's pretty much... I think if I went looking for the discussion, I could find it. But, like, it's not going to cross its path on on its own very... Uh, no. Frequently. But I did see one thing about Chapter House, surprisingly enough. Oh, really? Um, not... I probably saw not, it, too. Not a plot spoiler, um, and this is something that you've mentioned before, but just that it doesn't—it doesn't seem to conclude with a sense of finality. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but you've talked you've talked about that before that there was like a planned seventh book, and then, yes, uh, he died. Right? I mean, yeah, that's kind of the idea. So, uh, I'm uh, well, sure. I mean, there 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 is a seventh book and an eighth book. They're just not written by Frank Herbert. Yeah. Well, will that is an umbrage for another day. <laughs> yes. I don't think I can. I don't know how much more mileage I can get out of saying umbrage, but yeah. uh, I mean, will the we we I I we we we've got a whole episode to to get through, so I'm sure there's plenty more. It's true. Umbrages to cross. Oh God. All right, let's talk about heretics. Yes. Dune. That's where we're at. Dune dudes. So, Dune dudes. Heretics. Colon. Oh, God. Hey. Heretics of Dune dudes. It's not nothing. It's Dune dudes. It's not nothing. It's Dune dudes. See? See? Doesn't it work? Yeah. Yeah. I was confused at first when you suggested that you were like, that should be our slogan, because you sent It's Not Nothing and Dune Dudes as two separate texts. Yeah. I thought you would... And you were like, and then you were like, that should be our slogan. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, all you, like, you just tweet <laughs> Dune Dudes. Like, I don't even understand. I don't know who... Is that really not you that's tweeting that? Okay. D- just, just, just Dune Dudes? You just tweet Dune Dudes? And then maybe you it's pretend Duncan. it's me? I don't know. Or maybe Dune Buddies got our information. <laughs> They're trying maybe. to make us look dumb. But wouldn't they tweet Dune Buddies? <laughs> yeah. Dune huh. Buddies Unite. Yeah. We D- should have them on the podcast, actually, shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about having people on the podcast. Yeah. What, whatever happened with ever. your brother? Well, I mean, he hasn't finished reading Children of Dune yet. He's close. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... But there's that. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll do some special like retrospective episodes. But um, yeah, that'd be good. You know, I think for the most part, truthfully, I I don't know if anyone else wants to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, probably. I mean, that's probably the truth. I think it's at the end of the day, it's actually kind of a very insular. Uh, thing that we have here not not that we're trying to keep anyone out but i think like by the nature of it it's like it's hard to find people who want to i don't know like publicly talk about this for it's very embarrassing 
two hours or more. Um, yeah. I've even looked at like some of the other podcasts and people aren't generally averaging the amount of time that we are per episode, honestly. No, there is. I, I, I think that there's one other podcast that's like, uh, what's it called? I, like do and read through or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Where, reading where, Dune? Maybe. The, where, where they do have like three hour episodes, but they talk about the entire book. <laughs> yeah. And, and I not, think... Not just five chapters. If it's the one that we're talking... If we're thinking about the same one, too, I've noticed one of them, they, they literally like read the chapter as they go through it, I think. Like it's mm. a read aloud and they like discuss it at the same time. Like, oh, wow. Wow. So... I don't know. I don't know. I haven't listened to any other Dune podcasts because... Why would you? I think we're, right, we're the only one that matters. Yes, at the end of the day, I clearly, think. easily, and I, I think people are starting to wise up to that. They are. We're we're get, we're rapidly gaining followers, and we even have proof that somebody listened to it. Mm. Right. Yes. Yes. A complete stranger. Um, yes. At least listened to what seems to be like the first five or ten minutes. Yes. Of one episode. And that's all that matters. That, I, that's the best part. I almost feel like we could stop here. Yeah, I mean, we, we, can't we could because I need to keep reading. But no, like... I, we, yeah, we got to finish. We are, we are so close. <laughs> and then hopefully, we we leave this, you know, as as a relic where you know, you know, future generations of Dune readers can can exactly. find this podcast and enjoy our thoughts as they read read through. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. I we we leave this message as the God Emperor uh, yes. crawls upon the roll, walls of Sides. Exactly. You Benay Jesuit. I know you're listening to this in the future. Just want to say um, It's been one week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's that's all yeah. I wanted to say. It's been Mhm. All right. It's it's uh, very interesting that that you know now we that now we know that Lita was a fan of that song. <laughs> we know he 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 can you know trawl his memory through ancient history and and I mean it's good to get confirmation that he was a fan of the the bare naked ladies. Yes. Yeah, or or one of his memory one. selves were. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In more ways than one, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yes. Y- yeah. It's true. That is, I, I. It really is the funny thing. It's like I sometimes I really do think about like because Herbert has established Dune as a far off future of our own universe, which we've already been discussing in this this opening here. Like it, it's it is hilarious to me to think that like well that means everything in reality is canon. In Dune, yeah, I know. You know? Uh, yeah, Dune dude just canon. Yes. Great point. I hope I, that Lito gets a kick out of it. He's got, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure he loves it. <laughs> okay, for real. I think we can. Uh, yeah, we got to jump into this. We got it because you've got we a got hard it. hour at noon. Um. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I do. I, I got to. Uh... So not a hard out, just an out at noon. We can go to like twelve fifteen. Oh. It'll be fine. No, no, we can't. Nope. No, it's huh. it's hard. You made it sound like it wasn't as hard. I well, it's just that I think that we'll conclude at a time where 
it'll it'll be fine. Okay. I mean, the last episode was two and a half hours long. Well, this one, it's uh, 9.40 now. Say we talk for the next two hours. We're done by 11.40. That's only, that's that's solid. over a half an hour under the, the runtime of the, of the previous but, episode. But how long have we been bantering and how much of the previous episode was banter? I mean, you have to factor in <sighs> We always have minimal. We, we always keep it tight. It's minimal banter between us. Usually. You think? Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah. Let me pull up my notes. That's actually important this week because usually I remember my notes, but if there is anything I wanted to talk about, I should look at that. Yeah, I have not been taking notes recently. That's fine yeah that's fine i think i remember this 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 section pretty well yeah so the first chapter uh duncan is training with teg and it it feels like very reminiscent of paul and hot yeah yeah, together in the beginning of dune of course um uh you know, they're using some kind of, like, training device or apparatus. Like cages or something, It's they're, they're, they're called? Yeah, it's kind of confusing to me what it really is. I didn't know, yeah, I didn't really know how to, to picture those. But it, it sounds like, it sounds like Tag is, like, in something that he's almost, like, piloting or controlling. Yeah. Um, that Duncan then needs to fight, I guess. Um... And they've been training for, like, a long time, too. It's worth noting, I think somewhere in this chapter, it's been, like... One week? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, there we go. But something like that. It's been even, like, several weeks, maybe, since they've been there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Actually, it even says, it's the first page, it says 20 days they had been at this one lesson. Yeah, uh, 20 days, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> which which is, uh, you know, roughly three weeks, so it's been... Roughly like, three weeks. weeks. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> oh, boy. The bare naked Duncans. Yeah. That happens in this chapter, too, though. Good point. Because after, yes, because after their training. Session, oh, you're right. Oh, shower. my God. Yeah. And, and, and Lucilla wants to sneak up on him and jump his yes. bones. Yes, exactly. So, so that happens. Um, but Duncan really just wants to know, like, what's the deal with the plan, right? It takes, like, I don't know what the fucking plan is. Yeah. And then when Lucilla shows up at the shower, he's dressed by then. He does get dressed. Um, Unfortunately, it shows up. Yeah, I know. But right. Who knows what could happen there? Who the fuck um, knows? But then he starts to try and like tease the plan out of Lucilla. And even Lucilla's like, well, you know, I only have certain pieces of it, too. I can't tell you the plan in its entirety. And then Tag shows up with a las gun. Yeah. Um, and... 
we we come to find out the last gun's not even loaded. He says it's just because he wants them to listen. You know, yeah. it's, it's a it's a ruse. It's a bluff. Um, but but it, it gets heated. It does. Yeah, and and for a brief moment before Teg, um, you know, divulges that the last gun is actually empty. I I remember thinking like. What if he just disintegrates Lucilla right here? Like, I know, right? You know, yeah. Because I mean, wasn't there a part maybe in the last section where he thought he may might have to kill her, or was that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's Duncan's kind of had this like vision memory of Lucilla in a pool of blood, and yeah, Tag himself, I think, is considering killing Lucilla. To protect Duncan. Yeah. And Lucilla is like, you know, how do I get Tag out of my way? Like, everyone seems to think that someone is obstructing some part of their their plan. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the big thing that, that happens here at the end. Um... Because I, I think really what, I think really what they talk about here at the end is pretty much like, well, here's as much of the plan as we can tell you, Duncan. There's this girl on Rackus. She can control worms. The Bene Gesserit want to control that for themselves, and you are instrumental in us controlling that. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have any more to say than that. They're, I think that's kind of like the honest truth that they lay out. Um, and Lucilla, the, the chapter closes with <clears throat> with her like... Realizing she's expendable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah she tries to say like, oh, uh, Teg, you're disobeying the... the Taraza's orders and all this and takes like what the fuck are you talking about all I've ever yeah. done is obey Taraza's orders yep. and then yep. Lucilla's like well if he's obeying Taraza's orders and I'm obeying Taraza's orders and our orders are conflicting somehow this is by design exactly we are being played yep for a larger purpose Which she should yes. know she should know that yes yeah I think so too. And she even mentions like when she has the pawn example brought up, she's like, well, all Reverend mothers are taught to understand themselves as pawns. Like, yeah. So it's a lot of, I I feel like a lot of Bene Gesserit, they think they're, they think they're more clever than they are. Yes. I think that's one of their, their, their fatal flaws. Yeah. They always feel like they're the ones at the top of the pyramid playing everyone else. Yeah. Yep. And right, don't don't always know when they themselves are are being uh, manipulated. Yeah, which is interesting too because um, Terraza in in these sections like is not like that, but she is at the top of the pyramid. But she's uh, but she's the most doubtful, and you know. Um, uncertain you know Bene Gesserit we you know maybe have ever seen yeah I mean um I think that's more from like the 
extreme burdens of leadership that she's facing. Like, because she's at the top, there's no one else to give the commands that she has to give. And, like, if she absolutely too many I'm, people... Yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a weakness. I think that's a strength for... And, yeah. And, and, and that explains to me maybe why she is in this leadership position, right? Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think she is... I guess what's interesting is, like, even being at the top of that pyramid, too, it's like, I don't think she is being manipulated, but it would even still be a possibility because, like, you know, she also thinks about the opposition within the Bene Gesserit, the people who, like, want to do harm to her or yeah. thwart her or her plans. And so, like, you know, even being the supreme leader doesn't um, remove you from that manipulation game. She just has to be, like, the best at it. Yep. And, yep. and so, like, it's probably healthy for her to have those doubts because if you just assume you, you know, know what you're doing and no one is going to try and play you, then you're going to get played, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to mention in this chapter, on my copy, it's page 264. Um, there's a line I want to read. Uh, it is... Oh, it's Tag... Duncan, Duncan is, like, confronting Tag about, I don't know, like, Tag's qualities as a leader. Like, mm. now that Duncan has most of his adult memories back and he, like, remembers, like, you know, being a, a fighter and a soldier, he kind of, like, starts to question some of Tag's military decisions. Yeah. And he's like, hey, at this Battle of Arbolo, you came out completely unarmed and like, walked amongst the enemy, and you could have just been fucking murdered. Like, yeah. that's so stupid. It makes no sense from, like, a strategic standpoint. And, you know, Tag explains why he did that and the strategy that he employed and, like, the message that that sends to, like, the rebelling forces. But you know what it made me think of? And it's why I wanted to bring it up. It kind of goes back to this idea of of an Atreides walking unarmed amongst danger. Yeah. That Leto remember we were saying in God Emperor has like that same story to tell the Monio of like the ancient king. Yes. Who, uh, yeah. Who goes through the crowd. Um there's like no reason to think this in God Emperor, but like something about this occurring in Heretics makes me wonder if that story that Leto told could have even been like a, a memory vision of um, a past life or even like a far flung future vision of this moment, you know? Like, yeah. We that, don't really know where that comes from. That is but interesting. It's, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it does kind of like make you think more about uh, Leto's um, thoughts on, you know, the future informing the past and, you know, the, the distortion between the two. And, um, and also just like the cyclical nature of 
of history, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did not make that connection, but that's totally true. That's right. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. And you're right too. Cause it could be either like it, it could be something that repeats throughout history and, and tag going through that is like replaying that moment of another ancient King mm -hmm. or we, we have kind of been wondering like how much of the future, how, how, how much prescience, you know, did Leto engage in. Yeah. And this section does confirm that he was seeing visions even into heretics. And so, mm -hmm. Yeah, it could yeah. also be that um, the story he tells is of Teg, not yet occurred. Uh, but either way, it's it. It would be very cool Herbert brings it back. It would be very Leo like to have a vision of the future of Teg doing this thing and making it into a mythical tale thousands of years in the past before it even happens yeah right that's such a that's that's a mind fuck yeah what was that uh those like leto comics you sent me where it's like time is but a, a oh yeah yeah, yeah. Cob on the something. yeah like i don't know what the fuck it was stupid it was but hilarious but it was that dude stupid. on the on this dune facebook group he made like he's made like 20 of those comics yeah. i gotta i gotta look at all of them they're like they're really funny and, and and very well um illustrated yeah shout out to whoever that guy is yeah i in one of the many i, I i'm in like four out. dune facebook groups because because they, they always get into fights about something and then they they branch off and and uh make make new dune facebook groups <laughs> so i'm in like a bunch of them yeah it's funny it's usually like the scattering yeah 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 kind of is usually it's a it's it's like Either about Brian Herbert or um, or like like some dumb meme that they get that half of them get sick of, and they're like, "No more of this meme." <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Nice. Well, can't wait to be a part of that Brian Herbert conversation. Some oh of my god, long time coming. I know. All right. Uh, the other thing, I had one more note. Um. Oh, something about this chapter made me think about the way Heretics has been bringing back this idea of, and, you know, Heretics isn't the same book to do this. Herbert's been playing with this idea throughout the whole Dune saga, but uh, seems to really be focusing in on it here, I feel. Um, to, to have things be the same, but different. And so, like, you know, the desert planet has returned to Rackus. And so, you know, it's it's like Dune, but it's different. It's Rackus now, and there's yeah. all, you know, or like the worms are back, but they're forever changed because it's Leto. It's not like just bringing back the sandworms. Like we have sandworms again, but they're ir irrevocably different. And then Duncan is revived again, but his revival is through different means. And like you know, it's like, um, I don't know why this chapter made me think of that. Exactly, but I guess I'm just like continually impressed by how Herbert can like keep teasing out new meaning from the same concepts even yeah. five books in. Yeah, absolutely. I I think yeah I think he's very skilled at that, and 
it, it it makes me think of you know kind of uh I, I don't know what, what to call it a theory or a just a concept of like the spiral you know like like that life and history is is like a spiral and you know it's it's not that you know history repeats itself verbatim like it's it's it just we we go around in a spiral and each time we get closer and see things from different angles and we can you know extrapolate new meaning from the same thing because we're you know uh at a, we can be able we've got like a different vantage point you know and that's right. kind of what it feels like reading the dune series um you know w- when you see the same thing in a totally different context it uh you know opens up new avenues and and new ideas and um yeah i, I think i think that's kind of it's it's like reading this weird future history of the universe and kind of yeah like getting many different angles from it because because obviously the the vision or the 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 um thoughts about leto's reign in heretics now are way different than what they were when we were in it you know and you know same same thing about uh you know how they viewed Dib's reign during Leto's, you know, um, stronghold compared to now, they they kind of feels like they 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 kind of view them as like one long stretch of of you know history. I, it's fascinating though, I think, and and I think Herbert does a really good job at like because it wouldn't make sense having you know it it you know like have like one stagnant idea of of historical events throughout you know millennia yeah so it's 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 like a very real um thing that that like our our thoughts on history change you know like like we will not view world war ii the same way we do now because our 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 knowledge of it is based you know through U.S. history books that that we grew up reading, and 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 obviously those are chopped up and edited to to make us look, you know, like like the best version of ourselves. And um, so, I think in in a lot of cases, a lot of times, the further you get from something, the more honest of a portrayal you kind of <clears throat> receive of it. Um, yeah. And obviously, there's there's new biases, uh, you know that that have been um, picked up throughout the years and stuff too. It just, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that Leto was was kind of always trying to hone in on in in God Emperor. That uh, right? It's like mm-hmm. the the concept of truth, and if there even is like an unbiased observable truth yeah you know that it it could not be um couldn't even really be conveyed by humanity you know that that no human can observe a a unbiased neutral truth because it, it has to be filtered through a biased perception you know yeah absolutely yeah i mean and and even in the moment you know like like the the most crystal clear vision of reality is like when you're living through it, like even that is informed by 
your experience in the past, you know, and, and yeah. So what is truth? What is reality? Just different depictions and different, uh, perceptions. Yeah, dude. Damn. All right. Um, was there anything (laughs) else in this chapter you want to talk about? Um, is there any more about like, is it this chapter where where Duncan talks more about his awakening? Like like there's the the bit that's left lingering within him. He tells um, Tag about it, right? In this chapter, yeah, yeah. I I don't think it would be in any of the other chapters, so I think it would have to be this one. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's I mean I think it's good that he opens up about it and and, and you know thinks yeah there 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 is something else that that is still within me is that when lucilla is like eavesdropping too i think she hears that too maybe yeah yeah um or you know i guess it could be i think it could be chapter four now that i'm looking at my Mm. notes it doesn't really matter because we'll we'll circle back around in our spiral like yeah but yeah. <laughs> I th- I think it could be chapter four now that I'm looking through it. Cause yeah, they're always one of my notes is that one of them is always like sneakily coming up from behind. Like if any of the two characters of the three um if any of the two characters of the three, you know, come in there's always the other one who is, mm. you know, like here in the shower, like take yeah. shows up and he's like, ah, yeah. but I've been here the whole time. Yeah. And then in chapter four, I think you're right. That Lucilla does. Yeah. That. She's like, aha. And I've yeah. been here. And then during the fucking awakening scene between Teg and Duncan, Lucilla's like, oh, but I've been here. Uh-huh. And like, how long have you been, you know, like, yeah. Herbert's uh- <laughs> done that. A lot so far. A lot One in this of them book is always. Yeah, I think that's dropping. That's a byproduct of like us us being in usually groups of three and uh, there being kind of slightly different factions and different incentives for each person. That is it. That that is funny though. You're right. Yeah. Hey, can you pause the podcast real quick? Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Pause. All right, yeah. So, so people are just sneaking up on each other. Just a lot bunch of, of bunch of sneaks. Totally. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I just it's a little humorous because it feels like it always happens. You know, it's like I think it's funny. Yeah. It's <laughs> as I talk about it, I I just it feels like it's almost too much. Like at least one time when you want to like be listening. <laughs> but like not re- like aha but i've been here the whole time like they kind of like there's a lot of dramatic reveals yeah and if it like keeps happening over and over again it's kind of like okay like yeah maybe just I, we're not stay. at the point yet where i feel like it's too much but it it <laughs> even if it happens like one more time in like, yeah. the next few chapters then that might be like okay all right well uh you want to go on to our second chapter yes we're making Probably not great time. Not great time, but, but <laughs> we, we, we could change that. 
It's okay. Um, so the second chapter... Oh, this is... Terraza is unable to sleep um, because of the, the, the stress that she's under. Yeah. Um, she thinks back to this memory of her time in the Bene Gesserit sisterhood, like, at, at, like going through like the school itself, which is, is cool to get a small glimpse into what their life is like. It's essentially, uh, like an all girls magic, witch college where you lose all of your emotions. Um, <laughs> yes. So I guess sort of like a, you know, like a, a weird sick harry potter yep. interpretation um exactly bringing back that umbrage i can't help it i can't help myself connor i'm sorry it's it's fine a lot of similarities here <laughs> uh but she mentions it she she gets taught this trick by uh like one of the the, the people who would um the night proctor. She gets taught this trick to try and sleep. And she she also finds this person dead one night. Um, and it's like her first real experience with like seeing a, a dead body. Yeah. And it's kind of all wrapped up in like this this twisted learning experience too, where the Benny Gesserit are like, well, you know, hey, this is an opportunity uh you know, for you to, to like regulate yourself and, and observe these things, um, you know, at, as they happen, you know, that, that this is not something to like mourn or worry about in any way. This is information for you to, you know, soullessly and, and, and calculatingly just, um, suck up within yourselves and if you're feeling any emotions about it, like Terraza may have been because she had a small bond with this person. Yeah. Just destroy that part of you, you know? Yeah, it's brutal. We already know that that's how that works, but to to see even a small example of it in a, in a small flashback like this, I think is um, worthwhile. And it, and it deepens Terraza in a way that you know, in, in a, one of our previous sections, I feel like we kind of got, like, this distance. Herbert was trying to, like, separate Odrade and Terraza, and it's like, oh, well, Odrade's weakness is her emotions. She had this big moment with confronting Teg as her father and, you know, and, and crying before she sent Arrakis, you know? Yeah. So, like, Odrade is, is shown to be, like, the one who is tied to her emotions and Terraza gets the chapter where she is considering killing Odrade, this character that we now yeah. have a lot of sympathy for. And I feel like that kind of builds her up as this very like alienating figure. You know, she's like, she, she is like the emotionless Bene Gesserit uh, machine embodied in this person. But we kind of now go back to this. I feel like this is a small bit that expands Terraza in a way where it's like, well, none of it's ever really gone completely. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like you're saying, like even Terraza has these moments or has to face yeah. um, uncertainty. It's just a matter of like what they're willing to show mm -hmm. and how much of that they're willing to 
lean into, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. It's not even really what the chapter is about, but I like that it opens this way because I feel like it's a cool commentary on, like, I don't know. Like, Herbert focuses so much. We, we talk about this a lot, too, so it's not to direct our conversation this way, but he focuses so much on the way that humanity can change under, like, extreme direction or conditions, right? Like, you see that in Mantats, Bene Gesserit, yeah. Slaylaxu, Leto himself, a myriad of different ways. But it kind of always returns to, like, the fact that, like, can your humanity be destroyed? Like, and I think sometimes when we've had this conversation, sometimes I feel like, yes, like, the face dancers have been described as this, like, insect hive mind that are just, like, raised to blindly follow orders. Like, do they have humanity? From our perspective in Heretics, it feels like no. Mm. But this makes me feel like Herbert could so easily write a chapter, even just one line in a chapter, that that opens, like, so many doors to so many different ideas of, like, you know, maybe face dancers have emotions, too. You know, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, uh, we, we, we could have been... Uh, you know, led to believe differently. And they're like, again, it's just all the biases and the prejudice that these different factions have. It's like, yeah, we don't know what is true and what is not. Totally. Yeah. Anyways, um, mainly what happens in this chapter, Terraza goes somewhere to try and sleep. Um, but she's interrupted. Burzmali returns. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I didn't find Teg, but I do have some stuff to report, and we're going to talk it out. And Taraza kind of goes through this exercise with Burzmali where she wants him to pretend to be Teg, to think like Teg, because Burzmali was kind of like, what, his understudy? Um, yeah. And Burzmali is seems like he's on the right track. Um, and he's pretty much like, well, there's burn marks that shows that a no-ship took off. But I don't think they took off on a no-ship, actually. I think they're on the planet. And if they're on the planet and we can't find them, I think they're in a some sort of no-technology, right? Like... Urzmali and Taraza are pretty much able to piece that out. Yeah. And Taraza's like, hey, if that's what you think, then you go to Gamu and follow that theory. You know? Follow that hunch. Um, and it, it ends where Burzmali is, like, feeling pretty good. He's like, yeah, I'll go. I think we got it figured out. And then Taraza's like, okay, but it's going to be dangerous so remember, if you get ambushed by face dancers, uh, you need to, like, melt your entire head. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? Like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but apparently that's... Actually, here's the line. Um, and if you're captured by face dancers, these new ones, you must burn your own heads or shatter them completely. Take the necessary precautions. Uh, which she's, she says, like, dampens his pride, which is important because she wants him to be, like, you know, I think if he goes there feeling overconfident, then he won't be as cautious. He won't be as wavy. Yes. Yep. And that's important for him to, uh, 
to continue on the right track. But I, I guess it also shows maybe how the face dancers operate or, or like what they need in order to, to assume that form. Right. Yeah. And so like, yeah. Uh, so I guess that's kind of like what you have to do in order to avoid being uh, imitated or mimicked. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. I mean, it, it, uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have, I don't really have anything to say about it. It's just, it's pretty fucking metal. You know, it's like, it is. I mean, how do you even, is there like an apparatus that like does that for you, you know, or do you just have to like take a las gun to your head? Like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. I, I don't I know what the preferred method would be. Uh, but yeah, something like a suicide bomb pill or something, right? Yeah. I'm sure they have that. Yeah. If they have poison gas tooths, then uh, oh yeah, teeth. Yeah. I don't know why I said yeah. Tooths. Those the the those poison gas tooths are are uh, they they are deadly, but not deadly enough to defeat the Baron. <laughs> no, only poor Piter. <laughs> <laughs> My only thing that I wanted to mention in this chapter, I don't even I don't have a page number. I don't remember where it is. Um, So I kind of, I don't remember if it's something that Terraza figures out or if it's something that maybe it's something that Tag like kind of reports to Terraza from his findings. But in all caps, I wrote down for chapter two: secret message in the wear marks of furniture. Like I'm not happy about it in my notes. Um, yeah. That is, I don't even that, really that's remember a, that. That's a thing somewhere. But I am on a never-ending quest to uh, pick apart what I think are the stupidest secret messages that Herbert. Can I come would up just with. get over it at this point. I the thing is, is like I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm not over it. No, I feel like not. I'm over it in the sense that I've come to expect it, but every time it comes up, it's like. I think there's times where he does secret messages well, like like Teg being in the forest and him clawing what would appear to be animal marks to an untrained observer into the trees. But if you were so trained by Teg, you would know that these are marks to yeah. follow. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. Secret wear marks in furniture sounds like fucking bullshit. Mm. But yeah, I, I mean, well, that's these, a, that, these that's a degree of separation. But I think it's bullshit. Well, it seems like magic to you because you know you're you're so far removed from the you know Bene Gesserit training, and they stretch their their uh, skill set so far beyond our comprehension. It's true, but I mean. I don't know, man. What what if they're What if you like bumped into a coffee table just on accident one day and then like 2000 years later a Bene Gesserit like rubs their fingers over it and they're like oh, a secret message, you know? Like oh, I mean, God. that's also a possibility, and, right? You know, it's like how what what differentiates the language of these wear mark Oh my god. You know what? I don't have time to talk about this. It's in my notes. I'm saying it's bullshit. 
It's bullshit. Duly noted. But do you want to say anything in chapter well, two? I mean, I I think it's cool that you know, at the end, under fire from the honored maiders, you know, Shwingu is still loyal to the Bene Gesserit. Oh, dude, thank you. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. Shwingu leaves the wear marks in the furniture. Yep. yep. Because she knows she's going to be killed. Yes. Right, and her allegiance. They kind of mentioned that that all Bene Gesserit, regardless of like how they feel the direction of the Sisterhood should go in, like always kind of go back to an allegiance to the Sisterhood's survival itself. Yeah. That's why she does that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I just flipped that page, so. Yes, thank you. Okay. So Right. Okay. Yeah, that is cool. I think Shwangyu overall was a cool character because she's not evil you know she i think rightfully so has a lot of reservations against creating a quasi tatarak i think her character probably makes more sense than taraza's in a lot of way if you're if you're considering the history of the bene gesserit yeah yeah so um yeah she she was um uh, a legitimate force of that I think made a lot of sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I like Schwingu. Oh. Damn you, Schwingu. <laughs> That's right. All right, chapter three then. Yeah. Okay. Chapter three. Hey, can you pause one more time? Hmm. I'm gonna pause right now. All right, so jumping back in again, chapter three. We're kind of we're we're put back on the on the worm with Odrade, Waff, and Shiana. Yes. And while they're traveling, Odrade has a flashback too. Um, She's still asking herself all these questions, like, why are we going this way? What's up with the worm? You know. But this mainly all leads into before Odrade met with Shiana and Waf, she's she's waiting by Dares Balat. Um, and she meets with one of the priests, Albertus. Mm. Albertus Dumbertledore. Oh my god, I was gonna to, I was uh, gonna say similar. This 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 is the most Harry Potter like book yet. <laughs> Easily. Albertus does it for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, you can take guy. you can take umbrage with that if you like. I'm just saying it how as I sees it. I I think I do. I think I take umbrage to that. Mm, okay, well, you know that's that's I your think right. I take umbrage. That's your right. Umbrage with Albertus. <laughs> um. Yeah, she meets with this priest. Uh, Odrade is like, I could be assassinated, but this is a risk that I'm going to 
take. Um, and I think the priest is really just trying to, to be like, hey, you know, what's up with this worm ride later today? Yeah. You know, they just want, they just want to be included, you know? They, they want to know what's going on. What's with um, these homies riding my worm? Yeah, exactly that. Um, he is an old guy, too. A, a bit of a, a geezer. Yes. Weezer, weezer. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, nothing there, huh? Let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> Rivers, um, Rivers, wor- Wormo. <laughs> yeah. It's getting worse and worse as we go. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't. I don't think it's gonna turn into anything. <laughs> nope. Uh. Essentially, Odrade just calls him out. She's like, "Hey, you know, you're you came out here. You're thinking about killing me." Uh, and that's fucked up, you know? Yeah. She, you know, I'll just fucking end you. I know your plan, this and that. Um, and Otrade has the upper hand up until this point where, um, she, she says, you will return to your fellows with my warning. The survival of Rackus and your priesthood depends utterly on how well you obey me. You will not mm-hmm. hinder us in the slightest, and as to these puerile plots against us, Shiana reveals to us your every evil thought. Albertus chuckles then. He chuckles. Um, and... I, I don't fully understand... his laughter. Odrade interprets it as amusement in her, in, in their own failure. Um, but I get the feeling that they have some bit of knowledge or some perspective that Odrade is not seeing the full picture of, you know? Yeah. Um, that could be true. I mean, it's, it's, uh, for me, you know, I think it's talked about too, and this makes sense to me. It's like the that the unmasking of the, the layers that they the priests put on. You know, like they're doing a performance in front of Odrade, and then you peel that back, and it's another performance. And then finally, you know, they're they're this vulnerable person. In but I I, I think you're right. Odrade probably is um, not totally correct about how much power she holds over them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think in true Herbert fashion, I get the feeling that even if the priests do have something up their sleeve, I don't think it will matter. You know, like so many times, you know, like Herbert will have characters planning things and then one character's plan will succeed. And so all the other ones just, end up completely irrelevant. Yep. And um, yep. I don't think the the priesthood is capable of pulling off anything successfully, but they, of course, feel like they still have a chance. And I think that's where this reaction is coming from. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, um, yeah, he obviously has faith in the priesthood and is only using or thinks thinks that he's using the Bene Gesserit uh, for their own 
um, means. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's not. I, I mean, yeah, they're 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 a a pretty pathetic bunch. So yeah. I, I I don't foresee them being an actual threat either. They just might muck some stuff up. Right. Um. But anyways, yeah, it ends with Odrade sending Dumbirtle door back mm-hmm. within the, the, the priesthood and pretty much says, you know, tell the others what I told you, what I know. And she thinks that uh, she will cause hysteria, oh my God. mass hysteria, right? Oh, maybe so. that'll be the theme song for the next, uh, next season. <laughs> No, we're going to simplify, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, so she's pretty much like, she she thinks she's kind of planting this seed that she will be able to manipulate uh, basically the entirety of the priesthood. And the chapter ends that only the few immune heretics mm. were to be feared now. Yeah. So, of course, we're coming back to that idea too that it's not necessarily the group itself but but individuals or offshoots within the group that could pose the real threat you know mm-hmm. yeah that yep. their their differences in uh breaking away from the group think are, are kind of what makes them like a dangerous unknown variable definitely so, you know. I wonder how it's going to play out. It might be, I mean, you, we, you, we can see heretics in all of these different organizations. <clears throat> yeah. So I wonder if, if I, I don't know. I wonder if there's going to be many wrenches thrown in these machines, you know. Maybe so. Uh, we're definitely... I could see gonna... that leading to... Duncan and Shiana taking control of, of the of of the tides, as it were. Yeah, it does feel like we're set up for that. That like these creations of these giant organizations are um, going to. Uh, I guess like follow the path of their their own individuality. Yeah. Um, we'll see. That, of course, could not be what happens too. But it it does feel like we're poised for that. Yeah. So I don't know, man. You never know with old Herbie. Nope, you really do not. He is fully loaded at all times. Yep. All right. Uh, fourth chapter, right? Hell fucking yeah. We're making good time. We are. Let's fuck that up, huh? <laughs> yeah. How about, we, how about we fuck that up? Let's go on a super long tangent. I, I think I have a lot to discuss in chapter four, to be honest. All right, yeah, I have, let's do it. Um, I mean, we'll see how much conversation we get out of it, but this is the chapter I took the most notes on, so let's see where that leads Okay. Um, 
So chapter four, yeah, this is where we get back with Tag, Duncan, and Lucilla. Um, I'm actually wondering... Did I, like, fuck up the last chapter, too? Like, is oh, this the... Shit. Chapter oh, in the... Oh, uh... fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe this is the chapter where they they take the shower and Tig shows up with the last gun, and maybe I just, like... Yeah, I did. I completely conflated those two chapters. Um... Because Fucked when Duncan is up. in the shower, this is he sees the in all caps. I see it now the the writing on the walls made by the builders of the No Globe and all that. Mm. Um, okay, doesn't matter. Whatever we discussed from the second chapter, uh, I mean we 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 got it enough, right? Yeah, it's just like he just breaks it up. It's the same shit. It's it's the same. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a different scene in this episode yeah um but yeah tag tag and duncan are talking um duncan says that lucilla tried to use the voice on him um but he was able to resist because of what he he knew from paul yeah. Mwadib himself. Paul Mwadib. So yeah, he who, he goes who to Duncan, take his, Duncan knows uh, as Mwadib. He goes to take his shower. Um and there is I actually do like um the inscriptions that he finds on the shower because Duncan notes how different they are from any of the decoration you would find elsewhere in the No Globe. Uh, there's an inscription written in Gaelic that reads, Clean, sweet clean, bright clean, pure clean, confess thy heart and find purity. And Duncan's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense for being here. And he comes to this uh, conclusion that it must have been made by the the people that the Harkonnens hired. Yeah, then killed to make the no globe. Right, and then killed. Yes, thank you. Presumably, um, so nobody else would know. Right, and interesting that whoever constructed this, I guess, would know Gaelic, anyways. Um, That's it's it's been brought up a few times. Gaelic yeah. has yeah, I mean, throughout the books, it's it's. Something that Leto, I feel like, is uh, kind of talks about to us at some point. So, yeah, there is some, like, weird Irish hair, uh, heritage. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's not surprising that Leto would talk about it. But no. Presumably, I mean, unless Leto had a hand somehow in the construction of this mm. no-globe, which is possible. Um it, I think it would seem odd or surprising that uh, that anyone else might know it, but I, maybe it's a language that lives on. It, it doesn't totally matter, but 
I think what's more interesting about it is that the Harkonnens, I think, would probably be not educated enough to know it. So it's kind of like a secret. Sure, yes, that makes sense. That the builders would have left, that the Harkonnens can't read, but like Duncan with his older memories and his training through the Atreides is like, ah, I see Yes, that, you know? that makes total sense. Um, so it's a cool use of language in the chapter. Um, and yeah, this is what you were talking about before where Duncan kind of like has his flashback from the, the, his recent life. There's this passage here. Um, Duncan looked down at this body that the Tleilaxu and their axolotl tanks had produced for him. It still felt strange at moments. He had been a man of many adult experiences in the last instant he remembered from his pre-Gola life. Fighting off a swarm of Sardaukar warriors, giving his young duke a chance to escape. Um, and he notes, like you noted before, that he's pretty much the age that Paul was then. When yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is weird for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh. But okay. Again, clearly, I got confused with the the other chapter, but this is the chapter where Lucilla shows up, attempts to seduce him. Um, doesn't work out in her favor. I think even if Tag didn't show up, Duncan is just like very in control of his faculties. Um, understands that this is just a part of the Bene Gesserit plan. And he's like, well, I'm not, you know, going to just go along with whatever you want me to do for your own means. Yeah. Um, so Tag shows up with the last gun and has them go up to the library. That's really where this chapter ends. And um, Duncan and Tag kind of like work out the map of the area using like the information in the no globe and Duncan's memories. And so they're trying to like memorize the layout of the area before they leave. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I, I think what's interesting about that is, and I, I think this is remarked in this chapter, so you can let me know if you remember too or not, but essentially I think Tag realizes that Bursmali has been there and suspects that Bursmali is starting to figure it out. He knows where they are. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I forget how he makes knows that. Where they are, I forget how. That? Sorry. How does he come to that conclusion, though? I forget. Uh, I think it has to do with the secret language in the trees. Like, I think Bursmali oh, yeah, is yeah. a mark mm -hmm. that you would only leave if you understood the message. Yeah, and like, yeah. So Tag's like, oh, Bursmali's been here. Um, he hasn't, like, put all the pieces together, but he's going to. It's a matter of yeah, time. Yeah, that's totally fine. But if it was in the furniture, <clears throat> it would be fucking fucked up. It, well, I can't really explain why I think that is, but yes, non, with, with, with no, uh, joking or, about it. Or yes. plants, leaves, fu that's, that shit's you fucked up. You cannot inscribe a fucking Braille note on no. a leaf. No, no way. No. 
How would you ever do that? You can't. No, no, it was impossible. Impossible. Okay. Leaving, leaving fake animal marks in the bark of a tree makes sense to me as a code. Fucking scratching a fucking piece of furniture and assuming that someone's going to understand a complex message. Yeah, I think that's fucked up. I think that's You stupid. ever think about maybe that's what your cats do? So they can communicate without you knowing what they're saying? I, yeah, a bit. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. they they have their language and we have ours. Yeah. And yep, uh, yep. you kind of just have to meet in the middle somewhere as best you can. Mm-hmm. So, for the most part, we're able to do that. Um, Buttersnatch. Yep. <laughs> Bandersnatch. <laughs> uh, but, um... Oh, right. But but I think what's really interesting about Teg getting them ready to leave is it, it seemed like initially what the plan was when they go to the No Globe is we're going to wait here until Taraza and Burzmali can find us so we can regroup and we'll fall back into the fold of the Bene Gesserit yeah. safely. Mm-hmm. But if that were still the plan... Teg would not be taking this course of action. And I think this indicates that Teg has made a decision to defect in some ways from Taraz's plan mm, and from yeah, the Bene yeah. Gesserit order. You know, ultimately to protect Duncan. I think he's made a real emotional decision, whether he recognizes it that way or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what it. To, that's what to it sounds like. Safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. We don't see where this pans out yet, in um, <clears throat> in this section, because the last chapter does not circle back to this. So we'll see where this does or doesn't lead, but. Yeah, I mean, unless there's something I'm not getting, this this reads to me like um, Tag is maybe taking a radical course of action. Yeah, I mean, I've I, I've I've thought similarly. Um, I think that's probably how it's going to end up. It'll be interesting to see if you know he does or when he connects with Burzmali. What that conversation looks like and uh where Burzmali's loyalty lies yeah yeah and and like at what point does a mentat realize what the Bene Gesserit are doing is not logical you know and uh that they are doing the wrong thing for the safety of this person or for the greater good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess it could be this point. It seems like through all those conversations between tag and Duncan and Lucilla, um, especially in the previous chapter in this section, you know, Lucilla has this idea that they're all pawns. You can kind of assume that Teg has the same 
understanding, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that that's not probably nothing like a revelation to him. No, it's, 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 clear it's probably he, enough. Yeah. Right. Probably enough to maybe convince him to make this decision, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe something more like, you know, like Tig's always known that the three of them are all pawns, but like he has an opportunity to change Duncan's fate in a way that's too late for himself. You know, like, yeah, I, I think he sees Duncan as like he should, you know, like this very youthful um, conduit of of potential, you know, and Peg has been used and manipulated and, and worked shamelessly for 300 fucking years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he sees a way to like rectify that and maybe Absolutely. save someone else from the same experience. Yeah. No, you're fucking right. You are right. That, that seems like how it could be going. Um, which would be, I feel like, a very Atreides thing to do. Yeah. Uh, which, which I like. Um, we, in, in, in this chapter too, I think it's, it's funny how, you know, Duncan is, uh, very against being used as a stud once again. Yes. You know, yes, that's, yes, that's yes. Yep. Just, just, just a fun through line. Uh, just a, uh, very much a Duncanism. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. For sure though. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I have that down as one of my notes too. Just um it's it's a a really smart way of showing like I don't know. Like I feel like I've I've talked a lot about how each Duncan is different, but it's also important to consider, you know, they all come from the same place. And so like something needs to be shared about them too. Yeah. And, um, there's this very strong will to not, um, not be, uh, not, not be made to be a tool in someone else's design, you know, Mm, that absolutely that even though he's been like, basically cloned for millennia that um his individuality is like one of his most important characteristics to himself you know it's like the one thing he can hang on to that he feels like he has control yeah which i think is a uh like a huge reason why leto kept breeding him right is his like strong individualistic tendencies. That's that's true because that is huge for Leto, right? Yeah. In a universe he constructed where uh, people's personalities have kind of blended together. Exactly. Um, yeah. That yeah, Duncan kind of stands alone as um, I, I guess a testament to like personal strength and, and willpower yeah yep you know also some archaic beliefs that they were trying to work through but but yeah that's core, that's true at that's his true. core yeah yeah you know that is the important thing you know um you know that uh 
there's going to be things that like orbit that guiding principle in Duncan that mm. aren't perfect or maybe that you would want to change or, or have him learn from because of the passage of time. But but yeah, it's it's like down to the fiber of his character that makes him important to like continue throughout time. Yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah. So that is cool. Let's see what else I have in my notes. I'll go through those and then. Oh, let's see. Two ninety one for my copy. Uh, let me see if I can find this line. It has to do with um. Lucilla preparing herself to try and seduce Duncan. Yeah. And I wrote down the line, but I want to see if I can just find it in the book. So give me one second. Um, yeah, this is it. So so it's this. So it's Lucilla focused her thoughts on Tag's male presence. <laughs> Doing this, she could feel a female response her flesh wanting Tay close to her, an aroused sexual peak, ready for the moment of mystery. Faint amusement crept into Lucilla's awareness. Not orgasm. Oh. No scientific labels. Mm-hmm. But a moment of mystery. Now, here's why I want to bring this up. Mm-hmm. Tony's looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. Yeah, I can way. tell, because you are. Yeah. But... So one, we know that Herbert is horny, right? He's he gets horny, hornier <laughs> as he gets older. <laughs> he does, yeah. Very clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there's definitely a correlation between um age and horniness for Herbert. Maybe is this what we have to look know, forward to? Possibly. Jesus Christ. Possibly it is. Um, I you know I think as as his um you know loins become further and further away from mm. from what their their prime was yeah like Leto, you know a, as mm-hmm. he wormifies in some ways yes you know do you not feel more drawn to those uh th- those more primal feelings of youth yeah i mean that's that could be true i don't know that's not what i want to talk about though okay so it's this idea of the moment of mystery versus an orgasm. Yes. Um, because I speak, I, I think it speaks to this idea of a conflict. It's this simultaneously, it's a conflict and a coexistence between science and magic. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Bene Gesserit know scientifically that it's an orgasm. Yep. But they refuse to label it that way because they feel like to think about it so scientifically destroys something about it non-identifiable. Um, and like this goes back even to um, uh, Reverend Mother Moheim in Messiah. When Paul's like, I'll just give you a jar of my cum. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, no, no, because... It's not the same. Right. Like, to Paul, he's like, "I this is what you want, right? But 
the Bene Gesserit have always believed that there needs to be like a intimate human element that that for reasons that, that I not necessarily cannot be looked at scientifically, but should not be. Like it's kind of like I'm going to use a scientific term to demonstrate how I feel they think about it, which is maybe weird, but it's kind of like that idea of like observing subatomic particles or whatever. And like, they can simultaneously be in one of two states while they're unobserved, but then under human observation, it's like they're forced to pick one. Like the, the observation Mm. creates the consequence, Mm -hmm. but if it's unobserved, it can be something that can never be understood by people. And if people try to understand it, then it will only ever fall apart in their hands. Mm. It's, it's something that is permanently out of reach in a way that is important, you know? And that seems to be the way the Bene Gesserit think about sex and, and breeding. Which is interesting because, like, so much of their breeding program is, like, a scientific method, you know, that they do need to keep track of these things, and they need to be aware of the genes, and they need to be cognizant of, like, the way that genes get passed on and, like, how they can manipulate that. So, and even, like, the prana bindu training, the understanding of their nerves, like, so much of that could and should be interpreted as a science i think but there's like pockets of mystery that they intentionally avoid because there's like strength in not knowing which we've talked about too yeah i think that's very very true um yeah and and it's interesting because you're right so much of what they do is yeah it's 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 almost like one of their tools you know like like they use emotion as a tool you know they they use love as a tool they use sex as a tool but the the mystery of not knowing is also a tool and it, it 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 does seem to um create kind of a uh a specialness or a magic to something that they believe is not there otherwise which is which is weird it's weird for them and 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 then it makes me think too that like well do they think of any other thing as scientific like like yes they, they have mastery of the senses and of human you know uh genes and stuff like that but do they view it as a scientific method as you're saying or or is it just like a formula that they have deduced over the years and obviously that is a science in our in in, in our concept of what science is but to to them it could just be a uh something more than that i guess yeah Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And I like the way you put it, where it's like the way that these different things are used as tools. And so it's like, they're okay with, um, 
you know, like harnessing the the discoveries of science up into a certain point, you know, and, and so it's just something else to be manipulated, but like not a, a guiding principle necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, um, and, and that does seem to be something that, like I was saying, the Bene Gesserit, I think have always believed, but Terraza herself also seems to be very inspired by Leto you know, and, and his reign as the tyrant. And yeah. of course we drew a lot of attention to like the idea of a magical universe and the idea of surprises of leaving things open to, you know, um, to unknown variables or outcomes. And this idea is like very much in line with that too, that like, to understand it or to try and understand it would be to do a disservice because like there's something about the natural process of life that um, there there's kind of like a hubris, I think in understanding it to think that man could like contain all knowledge of the universe within them is a folly. And so like, it's kind of this acceptance of being like, well, we don't know why this is different than just applying the same ingredients in a laboratory. Mm -hmm. And we're not interested in figuring it out because that's part of like the magical universe that we accept and take advantage of as like evil humans. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I thought that was another like cool window into the way the, the Bene Gesserit, think about these things because like in messiah when we first came up against that i think that i looked at that like very i was kind of as confused as paul you know Mm -hmm. and it's like well if you're going to have a breeding program and you're going to to think about all these things in like you're saying a way that we would consider to be scientific largely then like why is this why is this the point in which you use it and then stop it seems very arbitrary but going through God Emperor and now again going through heretics, it feels like Herbert is like putting in more work to explain that more clearly. Like at this point in reading Dune, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, that's where I'm at. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a very Bene Gesserit thing or philosophy. Um, and, and even with as much as we know about them, <clears throat> They, they they are still cloaked in mystery, you know. Uh, we we are outsiders to their uh, plots. Even members of of the Bene Gesserit, you know, institution uh, are outsiders to the great design, right? You just have to you got to trust in it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their own role to play. You're mm-hmm. just given orders insofar as like it's deemed that you need them and you're supposed to just do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. My next note here, um, Duncan considers, Ooh, 292. Okay. This was good. Um, 
Oh, actually, and this co- I, I this comes right after the the passage that I read about him considering his his original death fighting off the Sadakar. Um So, right, Paul had been no older than this flesh then. Conditioned, though, the way the Atreides always were. Oh, bye, cutie. I love you. All right. (laughs) Uh, Okay, conditioned, though, the way the Atreides always were. Loyalty and honor above all else. And then, in italicized, Duncan's thinking this to himself, the way they conditioned me after they saved me from the Harkonnens. Something within him could not evade that ancient debt. He knew its source. He could outline the process by which it had been embedded in him. There it remained. I really like that idea because Herbert is going back to the original Dune book and and you know in every incarnation after Dune Messiah children God Emperor and now Duncan is revived with a a a purpose you know for someone or something else to use him and so it'd be easy to think like, oh man, like that sucks. Uh, he really was only able to be free from that in the first book when he had his original life. And Herbert says, no, Duncan has always been used, yeah. always been conditioned. And the Atreides themselves, um, you know, were responsible for almost like a positive brainwashing. I think is like how you could kind of think of it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that the Atreides would never do in a nefarious way. No, but Herbert is commenting here saying, you know, the, the very things that Duncan has gone through in Messiah and children and God Emperor and heretics have their roots yep. in the Atreides in the first Dune book. Yeah. Yeah. I and think, I think that's, that's really smart. to plant. It is. It is smart. And it's, interesting to see that he's kind of aware of it um yeah i mean it, it is like an like sort of an imprinting you know uh th- yeah um th- they, they 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 did use him and d- now their ancestors are or descendants are using him for you know or using him because of that you know exactly exactly and I, I really like that you brought up, like, oh, it's kind of like an imprinting. Um, I thought that, too. And, like, it's another thing that Herbert's very sly about putting into heretics. Because um, it's, it's another... I feel like he's showing very naturally in a way that that does not feel like uh, forced exposition or any shit like that. Very naturally showing us that these incredible powers 
have roots in everyday humanity. Something mm-hmm. that we've gone back to plenty of times yeah. as well. But the same way that uh, Odrade comments like that Shiana was able to use the voice innately on the priesthood just by virtue of understanding that tones and speech patterns can have an effect on certain individuals. Like Herbert's like, well, that's just the voice at its most basic nature that all humans do, whether or not they're conscious of it. Yeah. And similarly, uh, just like you said, right, the, the imprinting is something that you can't get away from. You know, he's not saying that the Atreides are guilty of a crime. He's saying that it's like natural human behavior Mm -hmm. for people to imprint you know and that's what love is and that's what it is partnership is yeah that's what friendship is absolutely you and i yeah are imprinted it's true yeah yeah we would we would do things for each other that we would not do for other people because we have been imprinted on one another but Mm -hmm. even though it can be twisted and, and turned into like this dark tool that like at its core it's neither good nor bad it's simply a part of human nature that can be turned into an extreme force uh through its like knowledge and practice yeah yeah no that's super true i mean when looking at it from you know the atreides angle i mean they have Back when they met Duncan or saved him from Harkonnen, you know, torture or whatever, um, they come from a long lineage of leaders who, over the millennia, had picked up skills on how to uh, maintain leadership and, um, you know, win over loyalty. And so they certainly use those skills on Duncan, you know, not necessarily in an insidious way but um but yeah it's just that's it's just it's built up over over history um you know leto duke leto uh is is obviously a very charismatic uh skillful leader and uh you know use those skills to his advantage and um the Bene Gesserit do the exact same thing but just pushed to uh 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 an extreme you know um but yeah it's it's very interesting because i guess when you push those things so far um they 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 do kind of become insidious depending on what you you know use them for yeah yeah exactly that it's just um and it's really fascinating that like like you said before too that duncan's aware of this and you know having the having the scope of his adult memories and like where he is in his life now at this point and like what's kind of the future to him um that he's able to like reflect upon this without like any malice. It seems like it's something that he kind of accepts and understands 
I think like we're saying is like not not something that was like done to him, but something that has been like corrupted over time because of yes. like the kindness that was shown to him. Yep. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I don't know. It just makes me think a lot about. Uh, I forget if it was last episode or the previous, but at some point in our heretics discussion too, we were kind of like going back and talking about um, Leto's Duke Leto's rule on Arrakis during his short time there, and like you know the the way that his intentions are good, but like his uh, his policies and his plans aren't going to like enact any true change. He's he's simply continuing. Uh, the process in which he exists as a member of royalty, yeah, just with absolutely. like a, a better coat of paint, yep. right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you know, so too, it's like he he has the best intentions for this person too, and he does indeed save Duncan. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. real debt that Duncan owes to him. It's true. Um, yeah, yeah. But to see the way that that has affected his life through countless iterations over thousands and thousands of years to see that it's its origin point is in like benevolence mm. is um just a really deep place to like take the origins of this character and the more and more that herbert like fleshes out pun intended there duncan um the the more i i become enamored with him i feel like this is one of the best duncans we've seen here in heretics with what he's grappling with agreed yeah and i I really like that yeah yeah same here um i i agree with that but also similarly to the like the spiral we we were talking talking about uh this Duncan's perspective and, you know, uh, thought processes to me, they, they add depth to all the Duncans that came before him too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which I like a lot. Uh, we, we kind of got a deeper look into maybe what they were thinking of when they were thrown into, to whatever situations they were. Um, but yeah, it's, still astounding to me how what duncan has turned into throughout the course of this book series it's absolutely astonishing Um, yeah it's insane yeah it's like nothing that i've ever seen done before in any you know series uh yeah yeah and it's done well it's a it's it's like a joke it's it's hilarious you know he keeps on popping up but it's it's just handled so well um, yeah. 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 I mean, in a in a world so like inundated with uh, you know sequels and um, this kind of obsession with you know causing the things that seem to work financially reoccur in mm-hmm. order to like capitalize on mm-hmm. that um, to see. Herbert take what could have easily felt like a rehashing over and over again and continuously find like new ways to not only make it feel fresh, but like you said, to like 
inform the previous installments, um, yeah, never ceases to amaze me either. And it, it's it's definitely the strongest. I you know it's it's such a simple thing. Uh, thinking about like how to make a sequel or like what what is it about sequels that work when they work? You know, and mm. it's like it seems like at their worst it's like the same but more right and you're like well if you're not going to offer anything new then the work itself is pointless of yeah. course like what you're saying not not only does herbert give us new things each time but on top of building off what comes before it does make his previous work better and like that i think is the hardest thing to do to take yeah. something that was already good and add something to it that makes what came beforehand better. Absolutely. That is an insane skill. Something that I have no idea how to do. I wouldn't mm. know where to begin. Yeah. Like how how or or what makes that work. Yeah. But, um that's like the thought I keep returning to. I've said that several times. Like heretics makes god emperor better for me and yeah i i don't want to sound like a broken record <laughs> but it's insane because i had is. issues with that book and heretics makes me like god emperor more it's yep. that fucking good yeah it's I, nuts it it is nuts i i i totally agree with that and it's it's crazy too because like I mean the 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 biggest criticism of sequels and stuff is oh you know they it, it diminishes people's experiences and 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 thoughts about the original and like as as silly as that is to me you know because the original is still there it's it's a real thing that people have to reckon with when when they love a series and then there's an installment that comes out that you know ruins it for them or diminishes it in some way. Um, and this, yeah, this does the very opposite. It it, it makes the whole much greater, um, which which is for sure a a skill that not many creators have. Yeah, for real. Um, and and two, you know, thinking about uh, Duncan's conditioning, we are going to move on, but. But thinking about Duncan's conditioning, we kind of, we talked about the Tag-Duncan connection, you know, just a little while ago. But, like, this part also makes me consider um, that it's also why they have, like, such an immediate bond. You know, like, even before Duncan was aware of his memories, like, he's kind of always guided by that core inside of him. Yeah. You know, he, he feels mm -hmm. it there, so... It, it's something that always kind of informs his his interactions with Tag, but like that they both see each other as conditioned individuals, um, you know, a, as people that have been uh, denied their own existence, um, and like kind of both need to be aware of it and and live through it regardless. Like it's a very damaging like shared experience that they that they have absolutely um, yeah and so i i think that also is like where 
Tig's decision making is coming into. But but that Duncan with his adult memories is like also aware of this. He almost mm-hmm. has this weird second chance to have the knowledge of his adult life within this younger form and to to maybe take a different trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so true to, you know, maybe be be truly free. Um Yeah, that's I mean, interesting. If his uh if his previous incarnations have, you know, are, are, are anything to inform it, it, it seems like the theme is that there is no true freedom for Duncan, mm, and you right. know, yeah. perhaps for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a single character in any of the Dune books that we could argue was uh, truly free. You know that Herbert seems to be exploring that everyone, no matter how free they think they are, is acting under the force of some kind of um not even a pressure but but like a uh an influence you know that yeah, all people absolutely. are influenced that there there is no um completely separated autonomous self that that can make decisions you know that are uh separate from the universe because we we all exist within a universe that in some ways is going to dictate what we do Next. Definitely. Um, so I don't know what you know. In God Emperor, Duncan thought freedom might look like living on a farm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, that's where Teg finds himself, and yeah, right. Even that, even that doesn't uh, save him, does it? So no, and and I mean this this constant pull for true freedom in Duncan is also like a prison that he makes for himself, you know. Yes, which That's is a good point. which is definitely a through line throughout all of his lives. Um, yeah, we'll see how this ends up. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think that I don't think his idea of freedom it, or I, I don't think that's totally attainable for him in this life. Uh, I think he'll be bound to something, but we'll see. Yeah. My last, my last note on this chapter. I said I have a lot, um, but on my copy, page two ninety three, uh, it has to do with them discussing the plan. Um, let's see. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Okay, here we go. Here's the line. Lucilla's like, I don't know exactly what Terraza wants. Um, I could guess, but I might be wrong. Duncan's like, well, you better fucking guess. Here's the exact line that Lucilla responds with. There is a young girl on Rackus, barely into her teens. Her name is Shiana. The worms of Rackus obey her. Somehow, the sisterhood must gather this talent into its own store of possibilities. Um, Duncan and Lucilla are pretty stumped by that, but for the first time, seemingly stumped, you don't know what they're thinking always, but for the first time, I feel like I maybe piece together what's going on here because Lucilla's line, I think is so telling somehow the Bene Gesserit must 
obtain this ability into their own store. So it's yes. not it's not about controlling Shiana <laughs> even at the end of the day. It's about being able to obtain the ability to control the worms. Well, how have we found you can obtain and pass on abilities to other people? Your genes. Yes, precisely. Yeah, yeah. And it would make a lot of sense if what they really are after is for Duncan and Shiana to breed. Yeah, yep. The, and then... The exact right. same way as, with uh, Siona. Yes, yep. yes, yes. A yep. hundred times yes. Because that that deepens and and further complicates the Shiana-Siona connection, too. Mm-hmm. Just like you're saying, Siona and Duncan pass on the gene of... Uh, of being hidden from prescience. Yeah. And so too could Shiana and this Duncan pass on the gene of worm control. Yep. Yep. Um I I mean, whether or not that's the plan, who's to say? But I mean, I it's something that I did not think. I I It's crazy that I didn't think of that, but I think I mean, I feel like that's right. I feel like you're right. Well, it's... That has to be it. I didn't think about it, again, until this line either, because the whole time the the plot is making you think that they want to control Shiana, right? It's like they need to imprint so you can control the person. Yeah. But yeah, the Bene Gesserit could be thinking, it's like, well, why control the person when you could just control the The bloodline, yeah. How much power would they have if they could selectively pass this on to... Absolutely any member of their future order that they yeah. deem worthy. I yeah. mean, no, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, and, and, and maybe the great rebellion will be them refusing to do that, or maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Um, yeah, they might get their way. Well, that's, that's absolutely the one of the end goals at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just really interesting, you know. I mean, that that's if if this is the case, you know, that um, so much work and so much time would be put into like breeding and training and and creating these, um, you know, insanely intricate individuals. I mean, you think about just like all the, the training, the fighting experience, the knowledge, the lessons, like, yeah. And then at the end of the day, if all they want is for them to fuck, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but that's, but that's the thing. And I think that goes back to like the, the moment of mystery, you know, because it's, it's not so calculated as just like, well, combine their genes and get whatever, like in order to, to really harness what they're after, you can't just skip the process of creating a human, you know, no. you still need them to be those people, you know, I know you're right. So I don't know, man. I mean, we'll see, but that's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. I mean, I think you're onto something. I really do. If that's the case, I think that would nullify what might be the crazier theory that somehow Shiana has a Pearl of Leto's awareness in her. It could just be that somehow she has 
just the gene for worm control, whatever that means, you know. That's um, I don't true. think he would have both of those. So, maybe, yeah, maybe not. I yeah, I mean, and it would be interesting. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if, if uh, the why will ever be explained. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, Herbert doesn't always really give a shit about that. So no, no, um, very easily could be brushed under the the rug. So okay, uh. Yeah, I thought I would spend a lot of time with that chapter, but is there anything else you would like to mention before we go on to our last one? No, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So, this is the chapter I I finished reading uh, mere moments before I called you to do this yes. podcast. Despite how much time that we had. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah this, this is a very exciting chapter to end on. It is. It is. Um, hey, you're going to kill me, but I got to go pee. So uh, I'm going to pause that, quickly. I'm actually, that is okay. That okay. is okay. Good. I'm going to do the same. Phew. Okay. Chapter five. Real quick, the opening passage of this chapter, I just thought it was funny. Um, cause there's a line attributed to Gurney Halleck. Yeah. It is this for they shall suck of the abundance of the seas and of the treasure in the sand. And at first I was like, such a weird thing to be like, Oh yeah. I can imagine Gurney saying, Oh, they're going to suck up all the <laughs> blood. It's like, okay. Kind of weird. But, uh, I could, you know, He's a very poetic person. He is, yeah. We, 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 we yep. remember him quoting passages of things. Definitely. And, uh, you know, for all we know, that could be a line he was quoting from the Orange Catholic Bible. or It doesn't matter. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I just want to mention my process for that was like, at first I was like, why the fuck are we even mentioning <laughs> Dirty Halleck right now? And I was like, okay, like, I guess I can see it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting callback. Um, but yeah, at any rate, you were saying like, this is an exciting chapter to leave off on. Well, you're absolutely right because the worm, Shiana, Odrade, and Waf were riding reaches its destination and they are not actually exactly at the bridge where Leto met his end. No. It seemed to be like that's where they were going. That's the assumption that Odrade makes earlier on. Um, but where they actually get off is at first a mystery to them. Um, the worm kind of like stirs and trembles and Shiana says like, hey, he wants us to go. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Odrade is kind of like, man, how does this kid understand the worm? But, you know, sure enough, she seems to be right. They all get off the worm. Um, the worm leaves. And they're kind of left being like, well, we were brought here for a reason, but we don't know why. And... 
as they start exploring, Odrade finds... Well, where they stopped, um, they're pretty much at the barrier of the the wall that surrounded Leto's Surrier. Mm-hmm. So it's like this massive, huge, like, monolithic ruins. I mean, we remember how high some of that wall was as Duncan scaled it, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, I mean, Nayla certainly remembers that. that. <laughs> right. That brought Nayla to her moment of mystery, right? Yes, there. it did. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it's it, it's not just like a few boulders here and there. I mean, this is like a massive, like, fantasy ruins, like yeah, uh, yeah. something immense. And within one of these giant collapsed ruins, uh, Odrade sees that there's like a passage or an opening. And she goes in to explore it. Shiana and Waf come along. Uh, they There's like a sand spill and they all fall down. And they're like, man, where the fuck are we? And Odrade's able to piece together that they're within Sayach Tabir. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you were thinking what I was thinking. Yes. Spice Horde. Spice Horde. Then we find like, out that a lot of it's been found already. Yes. They think all yeah. of it's been found already. I thought this was a really cool trick Herbert pulled off yeah. here, too. Because, um, right, it's like, we talked about the Spice Horde. It was like... Not a huge part of the ending of God Emperor, but I mean, like, it's relevant. It's important that the spice has been hoarded, and then, yeah. you know, it's here. Um, so, of course, that's where we left off with Sayach Tabir, and that's what we are thinking. Um, but as Odrade explores further and further into the ruins on her own, um, yeah, she she really just finds the, the signs of age-old violence, of people... Uh, exploring and killing each other in order to try and get even a, a piece of this immeasurable wealth. In the giant meeting room where the Fremen had their orgies and their meetings was filled to the ceiling with spice, apparently. Um, so there was a lot there that has been used or distributed. Yeah, yeah. And so as Lu- or Odrade explores, she... Uh, Eventually finds a message. Arafel, we remember that word. Yes. The freaking holy judgment at the end of the universe or something. Um, and then there's a note that says here. And Odrade gets so frustrated after not figuring out what to do that she kicks it and like Scooby-Doo style, like that fucking opens up this passage. <laughs> and uh, sure she enough, goes, she Jinkies. Drops... Yeah, Zoinks. <laughs> Zoinks, Rito! Um, what the fuck? Alright. Uh, uh, but she does fall into an undiscovered spice hoard. And she's like, oh, was this it? Why do I still feel like I'm in danger? What yeah. more is there? And what does she find, Connor? She finds some messages from the man himself. Yep. The tyrant in chief. That's right. Big worm on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, Leto has has left a message to be found, and the first line is, "A reverend mother will read my words." Yeah. So right away, talking about how like Herbert continues to add things that like throws the the previous events into perspective more. Um, we were talking about like Lucilla in the No Globe, and she's like, "Oh man, I wonder if if Leto had this constructed, knowing we would be here." And you and I are kind of like, uh, "Nah, maybe, maybe like he was able to kind of feel the events of purpose, and you know, it's like." Create right, like you were saying, like kind of create opportunities for people for this in the to future, happen. but mm. maybe not know all the specifics. But yeah. like this, this seems to throw in very sharp relief. Like it, it doesn't confirm completely. It doesn't say in so many words. Like no, no, I mean, like Lido knows everything in the fucking world. But it really, really lends credence to the argument that he was seeing much more specific and, and further flung visions of the future than maybe yeah. we were considering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I think so. And I mean, I think there's maybe something to the idea of, although he didn't look into the future to, you know, prevent himself from knowing about his demise, it's possible he was more liberal with, with looking at things after the fact. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's totally it. And, like, that makes a lot of sense. I think when I was reading God Emperor and Leto says, like, he intentionally avoids uh, visions of his own future, I I think I did make the assumption that also, like, included everything afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, if you're going to avoid your own death, then, I mean, like, he says things very matter-of-factly, like, he knows what happens after his death, so it's not, like, wholesale, but... But as you're reading through the story of God Emperor, I I think I did feel like most of the future was, like, intentionally a mystery for him. Yeah. And, And, right, this seems to show, just like you're saying, not to just take your concise statement and string it out into a bunch of fucking words and stupid rambling. But you know, that's what I'm doing and yeah. that's totally <laughs> fucking it. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I think I, I, that that's what makes sense to me at least. Yeah. And that's another cool way of like looking backwards and, and to think of how like that informs Leto's character in God Emperor too. Or, Definitely. Yeah. Or, or makes you think about like, what he was seeing differently. I mean, um, I know even after you were done reading God Emperor, you were like, man, I feel like I'm ready to reread God Emperor. But I mean, like, imagine how how engaging and fresh rereading God Emperor might feel after reading all six of the Herbert novels. Absolutely. I I completely agree with that. I mean, I it's it's the same thing I said, too. It's like, after reading the first Dune, like... I I want to reread it. I still want to reread it. Like there's yeah, it's it's going to be a very rewarding rereading experience at some point. I'm not going to do it right away, but uh yeah. at some point down the line, I think it's going to be fun to dive back into these books. Um but yeah, it's weird that like you could just like tell 
already just just like based on on you know your first experience and and how these these books the later books informed the previous books that uh it's it it there's just so much depth to everything for real um and this this message that Leto leaves it's actually not that long, so I'm just going to read through it and then we can talk about it together. Yeah. So it says, I bequeath to you my fear and loneliness. To you I give the certainty that the body and soul of the Bene Gesserit will meet the same fate as all other bodies mm. and all other souls. What is survival if you do not survive whole? Ask the Bene Tleilax that. What if you no longer hear the music of life? Memories are not enough unless they call you to noble purpose. Why did your sisterhood not build the golden path? You knew the necessity. Your failure condemned me, the god emperor, to millennia of personal despair. My words are your past. My questions are simple. With whom do you ally? With the self-idolaters of the Tleilax? With my fish-speaker bureaucracy? With the Cosmos-wandering guild? With Harkonnen blood-sacrificers? With the dogmatic sink of your own creation? How will you meet your end as no more than a secret society? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts you want to share on that? Um, It's... It it makes you think that they're done. That this is yeah. the end of the Bene Gesserit. Like Lita would know. And also it makes me think too, like he only kept them around during his reign just because of sympathy and, and for uh you know, having fond memories of his grandmother. So it's like if he knew in the far future they were gonna come to the same fate. He was like, yeah, I'll keep them around for now because they're gonna, they'll get theirs eventually, right? And yeah, Leto doesn't have to cause it to happen; it'll happen. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah, and just the implication that they potentially could see the golden path and chose not to go down that road, subjugating him to you know thousands of years of despair and then millennia of you know, what became of him. Like, that's something else that I had not even thought of. If they could see that with their prescience. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It does... I mean, Leto says as much, so... And Odrati doesn't seem confused by that. So it, it does seem like they were aware of it, yeah, and then probably were like, well, we're going to kind of do our own thing. Um, it makes me wonder what the Bene Gesserit following the Golden Path would even look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, more than that, uh, like, is it really the Bene Gesserit's responsibility or, like, is the onus on them to continue the Golden Path? Like, was it not Leto who was supposed to set those events in motion that should, like, perpetuate themselves if he were 
fully successful, you know? Um, well, so I think we might be thinking of different things. Think thinking okay. of, of different messages. So my impression of this message is that the Bene Gesserit have had prescience and the, the ability to see these things for a long time. So they they knew of the golden path before Leto was even born. I see. And they had an opportunity to begin it themselves, but they chose not to. They chose to selfishly use their powers for their own ends. And Leto had to pick up the 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 mantle and do it all himself. Um because this whole institution refused to do what was you know right to to keep humanity going you are so right yeah that is it right not not that the golden path has fallen apart and that it needs a new arbiter to continue it it's that the golden path needed to happen and the conduit for it did not have to be leto exactly yep yep and they they had to have seen it and they they chose not to follow it, right? Just like Paul chooses not to follow it. Yes. Just yep. like Ganema maybe doesn't necessarily choose not to, but that Leto chooses to do so, sparing her. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, the, it's it's more than condemning a a person. You know, you can't really condemn Paul for not doing this. You can't really condemn Ganema. But this entire institution turned its back on what what would save humanity. Yeah. Um, which is pretty fucked up. Uh, and yeah, it, it seems like he is resentful. Yeah. I mean, you say it's fucked up, but we also had many discussions on the necessity of the golden path i mean like talking about um like letting things run their natural course yeah i i still think that's fair right there is like a natural course of humanity's extinction that i I don't think it's like uh, it's hard to attribute words to her words to it like better or worse but you know, but but that there is an alternate reality in the Dune universe where human humanity becomes extinct because the golden path is not followed. And like that's not necessarily bad either, right? No, I don't think so I don't think so either. I I uh I I mean I'm I'm pretty much just talking from Leto's perspective. Right, right. Um okay. Yeah, cause cause he feels like he had to take on this burden. Of course. Um yes. But yeah, I mean that that debate whether it's better or worse to let humanity, you know, die in lieu of you know subjugating them for thousands of years, like eh, you know, it's a uh, who's to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you. Thank you for laying out your thoughts on that because you are completely right, and I just glossed over that. It is exactly what you said. Leto says, you knew the necessity. Your failure condemned me to millennia of personal despair, right? Yeah. So not just, I took the millennia of personal despair as 
uh, his current existence spread across, you know, like hundreds of gotcha forever sleeping worms. But yeah. he doesn't mean that. He means his life his as actual life. the yep. God Emperor. Yep, yep. And that is it. Yeah, and um, I think what we're seeing in this book largely is the success of the Golden Path. Right. I, I think pretty much everything we've seen backs up the fact that he he succeeded and we're and and we're still seeing the the fallout um in the building of these of these blocks that he put in place yeah yeah no i i think so too which is also why your reading of that makes so much more sense than what i was um thinking about at first so i'm 100 percent with you and and yeah that's um a pretty damning message for Leto to leave for the, the Bene Gesserit to yeah. discover. I mean, um, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it, it almost feels like, I guess, you know, it's kind of funny because, uh, at the end of children of Dune, it's never really remarked upon once he's God emperor. Cause he kind of surpasses this original title, but at the end of children of Dune, you know, they take he takes on this mantle of like a pharaoh. Um, yeah, and this feels very much like um, that idea of like grave robbing through the yeah. layer of uh, like an ancient king. Absolutely, and, like discovering their curse. Discovering, you know? yes, yeah, yeah, being deep in their tomb, and uh, yeah, it. I mean, you're 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 right. It 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 does remind you of something like that, right? It's like. You almost have to think, like, Leto is aware, clearly, or or believes that the Bene Gesserit will find this message. Um, you have to wonder, I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves, because we don't know what will happen, but, like you're saying, this feels like a strong, clear setup for the end of the Bene Gesserit in some form. Yeah. Um, it, it almost feels like... <laughs> Would the Bene Gesserit end if they didn't find the message? You know what I mean? It like mm. I almost wonder if this is still a part of Leto's. It's all a part of Leto's plan, no matter yeah, how you true. interpret it. Mm. But mm. I could see this as being like the catalyst for their undoing, just through reading it and and believing it to be true. That's another it's, thing that we've like yeah. been. Yeah, working on a lot throughout this book that like the beliefs of enough people create a reality. Yeah, you know, will mm-hmm. the Bene Gesserit be um, be swayed into believing this prophecy to be true and like create their own downfall? I yeah, wonder. yeah. This is yeah. I th- I think that's very true, and this is just the seed being planted. Yeah, for it to fester. Yeah, that would be even more interesting because it, yeah. it feels like it mirrors Odrade's conversation with Dumbledore. You know, yes, yes, Odrade yes. could be the one going back into the Bene Gesserit fold to spread that mm-hmm. hysteria. Yes, ap- and I mean it. She's the perfect conduit, right? Because she she does kind of have a little bit more trouble with the, the emotions, the 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 little bit of a. Uh, of um you know love or whatever that she lets seep in that even mm-hmm. Taraza knows about like yeah that's a 
that that could be the, the it, it, it might be a reason why she was the 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 one that discovered those words yeah <sighs> totally um yeah i don't know at the end of the day too like odrade kind of thinks like without without after odrade reads the message she gets this feeling that terraza has been taking action with with these ideas of like the end of the Bene Gesserit in sight, perhaps um, she's like, well, Terraza has kind of already figured out what the God emperor was saying here without actually finding the message itself. Yeah. So something about this message, like causes something to be more clear about Terraza's plan. Uh, I don't feel like I have any more clarification on their plan other than everything we've already discussed. Like mm. this message didn't like shed any light on that for me, but uh, it it's cool to see like the, the characters progressing and Odrade to be like, aha, like I think I'm starting to understand more about what's going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, it, it makes me feel like the dismantling of all of these institutions is <clears throat> going to be a part of the further golden path. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would make sense. And I think it would be something that like you and I would be happy to like, uh, see through the message of that. If that's where Herbert decides to go. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, we, we will see. Um, but it does it does play a big uh you know individuality the triumph of the individual over institutions is definitely a big theme so i could see i could see that happening or that being the intent we'll see though yeah totally yeah i like this um i like this last part of the the chapter where it closes here um the noble design had been started and it must be completed even if that meant the death of the sisterhood what poor tools we have chosen that girl waiting back there in the deep chamber below the desert that girl and the gola being prepared on rackus i speak your language now old worm it has no words but i know the heart of it yeah and the the old worm thing, I gotta tell you, man. Uh, something about that's so close. It's so close to what Winston Churchill says in Doctor Who. Yes, old worm, <laughs> my old worm. Maybe he says like old boy, old sport. We we, we gotta revisit that and. Just, I and know we do. I know, but I figure I that feel out. When, when I read Old Worm, I was like, it is teasing out memories for me. I like, can imagine him saying that. I, I can imagine him saying that. Old worm. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. I know. It's such a dumb thing to say, but I, I felt like I had to. Uh, so yeah, this is another... It, it's cool, too. Again, you know, we kind of mentioned like the ebb and flows of Herbert's writing and how sometimes it feels like the five-chapter installments like work really well to um, contain like important progress within his, his books. Like... Yeah. The last section, 
the last chapter ends with them riding the worm. And it's like, where, you know, where's this going? We have a million questions. Now our section ends with them arriving at the place and uncovering this message from Leto. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to see that arc just within those five chapters itself. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's another, yeah, it's another perfect five chapter stretch. I agree. I'd say so. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really, really digging this shit. I don't really have more. I feel like a lot of the predictions and things that I'm thinking about, we already discussed, especially with like Duncan and tag. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, overall, uh, some good shit, man. I I agree. I'm excited to dive back into it. Hopefully, we can talk sooner this time. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll be able to get back on track, ideally. Sweet. So let's well, go. if you want to contact us, we are at dunedudespod at gmail.com. Also, uh, we are at dunedudespod on twitter.com. And also, you can find us at TV on Twitter and Instagram. As always, until next time. Beware the umbrage over troubled waters. Ooh. Old one. There we go. I was waiting for it. <laughs>